Hello everyone, I'm Giulio Prisco and this is the Turing Church podcast. In the episode of last week, I shared uh, the first part of my last conversation with Comitan, the founder of Astronism. We discussed uh, a lot of uh, futuristic and very cosmic things, including uh, eschatology, the ultimate destiny of the universe the ultimate destiny of humanity and uh, of course what happens to us after death the conversation was uh, mostly focused on my own ideas and i didn't understand very well what is uh, committance own point of view and uh, what's the take of astronism on these things. I had the impression that uh, Comitan was uh, sort of sitting on the fence without uh, giving simple and uh, clear answers to ultimate questions like uh, like uh, what happens after death. Uh, I do think uh, that these uh, simple existential questions are the first that uh, come to everyone's mind when uh, thinking of uh, cosmic reality and ultimate eschatology. And so these simple questions should be answered first. Of course, after that, the right moment will come for more philosophically sophisticated Uh, considerations but uh, I really do believe that uh, one should start simple and uh, introduce uh, complexity later so in this conversation I keep asking uh, Comitan uh, very simple questions and uh, keep uh, pressing him for simple answers At the end, I realized that uh, Comitan's ideas are very compatible with my own. So I am sharing this conversation in this episode of the Turing Church podcast, with uh, Comitan's permission, of course. The video of the conversation has not been uh, published yet. It will appear in a couple of months or something like that on uh, Comitan's uh, Astronist YouTube channel. So here you go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to season three, episode 22 of A Conversation with Comitan. Today, I'm coming to you uh, with a brilliant interview um, that Julio Prisco did on me, uh, which so that's a bit of a different uh, episode this time. And we primarily discussed the metaphysics of astronism, 
which is a topic that I haven't delved too deeply into um, yet. Um, and so I'm, I'm glad that Julio offered to uh, interview me on this topic. Um, one thing I would just like to say before, um, uh, before we get into it is that in parts of the interview, it comes up that um, some of Astronism's ideas are similar to what has come before. And uh, during the interview, I spoke, I, I spoke to Julio about um, my idea about scope, pushing humanity towards transcension, uh, because it's our destiny, of course. Um, and the re that's the reason why I, I believe that um, the ideas, similar general ideas have um, emerged in my brain without realizing that those ideas already existed elsewhere. Now, what I would like to say is, just on my reflection of the interview today, is that, yes, of course, some of the general ideas of astronism are, uh, do have pre-astronist origins. Um, however, what I've, what people should notice is that, yes, the general ideas are similar, but when you un, un, sort of uncover those and, and go deeper, that's where the unique contributions of myself and astronism uh, emerge. And that is my and astronism's contribution to, um, to the field as a whole. Um, so I just wanted to say that the, that the general ideas like transcension, for example, um, yes, they do have some origins pre-astronism, but that when you begin to delve into that concept of transcension as it is presented in astronism, there are many unique contributions that are made. I just didn't want it to come across as though astronism hasn't made any new contributions. It has. Um, and I think that as time goes on and as understanding of astronism increases, I think that those um, I think that those unique contributions will will emerge. So enough from me. Let's begin the interview. And I hope that you enjoy this episode 22 of season three of A Conversation with Comitam. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us um, today. Obviously, I'm joined again by Julio Prisco, who I've spoken to quite a few times now and um, I think today our conversation will focus more on Julio asking me questions I'm hoping uh, to try and kind of answer some of the things that that may seem unclear about uh, astronism but also my own uh, positions on some of the topics that we uh, that we have mutual you know interest in um, space, religion, philosophy, all these great subjects. So hi, Julio, and thanks for, for joining me again. Hi, Gomita, and thank you very much for having me. Yes, in fact, uh, you know, uh, I enjoyed a lot our last conversation yes. on uh, eschatology, the ultimate destiny of humanity, expansion into space to the stars and beyond. You know, yes. 
deep uh, metaphysics. And uh, of course, we also discussed the uh, things uh, having to do with um, eschatology in, sense, in the sense of universal resurrection. Yes. Uh, I talked a lot. Huh? <laughs> but, uh, so I talked a lot about what I think. Yeah. Why are we here for? What is this that we are uh, supposed to accomplish in the universe? And uh, of course, what happens to us as individuals after that? Yeah. Um, now, there is one thing that I want to say first mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, there are. Uh, very philosophically sophisticated uh, ways of uh, asking and uh, answering these questions. Uh, for example, uh, you know, um, it is kind of uh, evident that uh, when a person uh, dies, he in some sense goes back to the universe. Yes. Which is a whole. This is yeah. what... Uh, science says yes. and uh, this uh, mm, is enough uh, for uh, some uh, people especially in the eastern cultures at the same time you know this idea of uh, being like uh, droplets of water that come from the ocean stay a little bit in the air and then go back into the ocean where they came from uh, doesn't sound very satisfying, emotionally satisfying, and also intellectually satisfying to most uh, people in our uh, Western culture. Now, uh, yeah. Western culture is where I come from, is where uh, you come from. Mm -hmm. So that, uh, uh, to me, at least, in the course of uh, developing some uh, metaphysical ideas about eschatology, it is important nonetheless to continue offering people hope yes. in uh, some kind, and I underline some kind of individual uh, continuation of life in some kind of afterlife. Now, I did have uh, well, um, I didn't really understand very well was your point of view about that. I mean, you say a lot of beautiful things about uh, <laughs> you know achieving a mental state in which uh, you you feel one with the universe, mm -hmm. identifying with the universe, and all that. And all that is very beautiful. You are not the first to say all that, but you say it beautifully. At the same time, uh, you know the question. What the fuck happens <laughs> to me, myself, yes. this individual after that? Um, I didn't really hear a simple answer to that question. Now, since I think is a well, uh, it is important, but especially it's a question that everyone asks, and uh, people are uh, uh, attracted religion, especially because it offers uh, some kind of answers. To these kind of questions. Yes. So I do look forward to finding out uh, what you think, what's your point of view. Yes, of course. And obviously, um, as I carry on with my philosophical um, 
explorations, you could say. Uh, hopefully things will become more and more clear, even to me in my own, in my own brain, because obviously I asked that question of myself as well. Um, I think that to begin, from the astronist perspective, which is the perspective that I am coming from, um, I see afterlife and the definition, and again, definitions will come into this. Uh, there are, there could be many interpretations of what an afterlife constitutes. Um, but my approach is to bring outer space into the center of these ideas that we traditionally associate with a, um, what would you say, uh, a realm beyond this existence here. I see the afterlife um, as integral to the astronomical, I call it the astronomical world, I call it, out, I mean, outer space, astronomical world, it's the same thing for me. Um, I, I think that when we die, we go up, like many people have, 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 have believed and, and thought for, for thousands of years. I mean, the idea that, that we ascend to somewhere um, is, of course, implied in things like heaven, you know, concepts like heaven. Uh, but I think it's literal. I think it's a literal raising up. And I think we go to the stars. I think that and, and the reason why I believe that is because I see um, the astronomical world as possessing a metaphysical dimension to it that allows our metaphysical self, our soul or spirit or essence or consciousness, uh, which we may well get onto a little bit later, that, that, that essentially the metaphysical essence of ourselves reunites with the metaphysical essence of um, the astronomical world up there. And um, I believe we, we go on a, a cosmic journey, if you will, a sort of a post-corporeal sort of post-life uh, journey um, that is, that, that hopefully will, will eventually reunite us with, with some kind of divinity or, or some kind of ultimate or, or some type of ultimate condition, if you will, um, because Fun, I mean, I don't want to go too rambling on, but um, I, I fundamentally see us as limited. I, I see the world as humanity, the whole cosmos as fundamentally limited. And the goal of astronism is to get us, get humanity out of this limitation. It's to alleviate us. It's to, And that's why I keep going on about going up to the stars, because I believe that that is where we will get rid of all these limitations that are weighing us down and are part of our nature, it seems. Um, but I'm going into more soteriology there rather than uh, eschatology. So let's, but they are intertwined, you know, they are intertwined. Uh, but if we just keep it to the individual, yes, I believe that after we die, the, the, the afterlife is very much intertwined with uh, the astronomical world, with outer space. And um, I'm sure you might have some questions okay. at this point. Yeah, well, um, 
so far you didn't say anything that I disagree with. Okay. But uh, let's uh, come back. You say that after that, we go on a cosmic journey. Mm -hmm. Now, the question that comes to mind in who is a we? Is it uh, we ourselves uh, a continuation <clears throat> in an, um, an acceptable continuation of the physical individuals that are alive here and now and uh, intertwined to this question I have of course well uh, this being that goes on a cosmic journey does he have uh, the same uh, uh, memories and feelings that I have now does he retain any awareness of uh, this current life yes. no uh, you can uh, um, how to say that, uh, depending on what you identify with, you can be very different persons. Uh, now, if I only identify with uh, the universe at large, then perhaps I would, I, would, I would still be an individual stream of consciousness, yes, of course, but it would be a very different one from the stream of consciousness that I am embodying right now. So yeah. all this uh, is the continuity aspects. We will come to the discontinuity aspect later, but yeah. what do you have to say about that? Is, it, is there still an I myself? Yes. This uh, yes. cosmic journey. Yes, I think so, because, and it relates- Do I remember things? Do I remember my wife? Do I remember my dog? Do I yes. remember my friends? Do I remember this world? Yes, because what, what the release of the soul from the body is, is a transition. It is a transformation of, um, it, it's, you could say it's kind of trapped within us in a way. It's, it's kind of trapped within our physical selves. Um, and then it's being released- um and but we take with us this this consciousness uh we take with us our lives uh, our memories yes um we it, it is essential that we do that because i believe this journey that i'm talking about is is a kind of continuation in a way of um the endeavor to 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 release ourselves from this limited state in a sense so I still see the soul or consciousness as limited, even after it's been released from the body, which is a very, um, it's, it's quite an alternative kind of um, view because majority of people see the soul as something that is um, limitless, that is immortal, or that is, um, that 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 is transcended oh. sort of our physical uh, limited state. I don't I don't I don't agree with that. I think that the soul or the uh, consciousness after death is still in a limited state because you're because I and the reason why I believe that is because I believe that the soul is still inside the cosmos, uh, and so therefore, because I believe that everything in the cosmos is limited. Uh, whether that be metaphysical or physical, I, I must therefore believe that the soul as well and our consciousness remains limited. Now, the, the big question for me in astronism and the big question 
that I think our expansion into outer space will eventually answer is, can we escape the cosmos? That is the ultimate thing for me. Can we get across that periphery, that whatever, that expanding? I mean, some people, some scientists have say, well, it's not even expanding. It's, it's not even the right way to, to put that across, that the, cos, that, that the universe is not actually expanding. It, it, it's doing something else, but they're not quite, maybe not quite sure yet. Um, I want to know whatever's beyond that. Do you know what I mean? And, and I see whatever is beyond that as beyond limitation as infinite as universal and i don't believe just when the body dies that the soul gets out of the cosmos do you know what i mean I, it seems it's, it, uh, it seems um, work well with my <laughs> brain <laughs> i understand and uh, as you were speaking i was thinking of uh, the masterpiece uh, Start Maker by Ola yeah. Are you familiar with yeah. it? Yes. Right. Huh? And well, uh, uh, you see that what you have described <clears throat> is uh, exactly the same cosmic journey of a being that starts as a very limited being, yes. but uh, gradually in the course of his cosmic adventures becomes less and less uh, limited until yes. the point where, you know, after uh, a journey of uh, billions of years and contacts with uh, many galactic and intergalactic civilization of ascending orders of mentality, at the very end, this uh, limited being find himself uh, able to interact yeah. with the star maker and uh, the star maker could be another way of seeing your uh, metaphor of uh, transcending the universe. So I just wanted uh, you to confirm that my impression is right, that uh, what you're talking of is something very similar to Stapleton's vision. Um, I think it, it's it's in the same arena, it's in the same uh, ballpark, but I think that um, there'll always be different uh, astronist contributions to this idea. Um, there'll always be, and, and that's because, um, you know, uh, ideas move on. Uh, and hopefully I have, I will and continue to contribute new ideas to this. Um, through astronism but yes it, it is it is a it is a journey for me I think of salvation as well I think that um, I, I associate the idea of, of, of salvation with with uh, reaching um, transcending or tr we call it transcosmization to use astronist <laughs> terminology um, and, and again that can be difficult as well when we use different terminology and not sure if it actually means the same thing. Um, no, I think it does mean the same thing. I think it. I think it's all just trying to understand um, why we're here in that sense, but also um, what condition we can reach. That's that's what astronism. That's what astronism kind of puts the gauntlet down. It, uh, that's what Astronaut is trying to do. It's putting the gauntlet down. It's, it's saying to humanity, 
what is the optimum condition? What is the ultimate condition you can reach? Okay, but let's uh, uh, postpone that for a while. Yes. And let's uh, stay near the beginning. The individual. Yeah. Now, the thing is that uh, you know, someone dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the matter that forms uh, his body starts to disorganize. Yeah. The measurable mental activity stops. And all these things happen that we know, in spite of that, uh, many people and all religions in the past uh, thought that something survives and moves on on this cosmic journey. Now, I know that you don't come from a hard uh, science background. That is uh, more uh, my department than yours. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm kind of curious on uh, whether you have some rough idea of how that can be physically possible. Cool. Well, I suppose what what we are trying to do there is we're trying to answer a metaphysical problem with a physical solution or a a physical suggestion, which is difficult. Uh, It is is very, very difficult because we're talking about two things that are very two different different natures, I suppose. Um, I think what it, it kind of comes down to is... You, you could say dualism, maybe, is, is a suggestion. Um, dualism. For, yeah, dualism. The idea that if the physical exists, there must also be a non-physical. Um, but also, I think that um, when the soul, when we die and the soul releases from um, this sort of trapped state that that we are in um i still believe it's in the cosmos but so it's still subject to our same um laws you could say our same limited laws uh but it is not um it is not obviously visible it is not you can't touch it you can't smell it it is not perceivable by the human senses. Okay, but hold um, on. Um, this does not sound like uh, dualism to me. Right, okay. It very much sounds like monism. In the sense yeah. that, well, you know, it's uh, not visible, not uh, detectable by our senses, perhaps mm. not even detect, uh, certainly not detectable by our uh, current scientific instrumentations but Mm -hmm. uh, since uh, it's in the cosmos it is still uh, very much uh, in the physical universe and perhaps uh, it could be detectable by future senses or future uh, scientific uh, instrumentations or is it uh, something that is completely out of this world because uh, that would be a dualist description I believe yeah, I, I think I was applying dualism in the sense, not in maybe the broader philosophical sense, more in a kind of um, trying to ap- apply a dichotomy, maybe was the better term there. Uh, the idea of there must be this, so then there must be another. There must be 
if there's physical, then there must be metaphysical. I, I think maybe dichotomy might have been the better term uh, right. to use there. Uh, but no, I, I think that it still stays within this universe, in this, this cosmos, which obviously means it's limited. But um, then I've had experiences in my life, but and also I've had experiences, I've been told experiences read about experiences uh, from other individuals who who have either either seen something like a ghost, for example, or have witnessed something, um, have had a vision of some kind that is not that it that is kind of the, the metaphysical coming into the physical realm. Um, now, that that is what needs to be in a way kind of studied in, in a way. I mean, you could say that um, paranormal investigators try and do that or something, you know, along those lines and, and they've maybe debunked a lot of ghost sightings and things like that. Um, but I kind of don't want to get down that road because that in, in, a, in a sense, then you're talking about spirit in a way, rather spiritualism, rather than um, some of the more traditionally transhumanist sort of areas like consciousness. Um, I think we have to define maybe what, what the difference is between the soul, the spirit, consciousness, essence. It seems to be there's lots of different concepts and, and terminology, isn't there, for, um, I mean, are we all talking about the same thing? I mean... I I tend to focus more on the idea of consciousness, um, and and maybe it's important uh, to clarify. Yes, what we mean by the words that we say. I believe now. Yeah. Coming to my own position, I'm definitely not a dualist. Mm. I do sympathize very much with this uh, position called uh, neutral monism. Mm. Uh, which was advanced by Bertrand Russell, among others, things that, uh, uh, you know, both matter and mind yeah. are uh, ways to see something else which lies beneath both matter and mind. Yes. And so both matter and mind are manifestation of some aspects of the physical reality, which perhaps we don't understand yet, but uh, perhaps we will understand in the future. And within this uh, framework, then it becomes interesting to speculate, well, we cannot answer these kind of questions right now, not at our current level yeah. of scientific advancement, but you know, uh, perhaps uh, um, some of the ideas that have been put forward uh, have uh, something to do with reality. And for example, uh, one of my Bibles, you know, I have many Bibles uh, besides uh, what we usually call the Bible. One yeah. of the books that uh, I consider like a Bible is this uh, book called uh, Indistinguishable from uh, Magic by Robert Forward. I do recommend that to you and to the viewers very much. Mm -hmm. Now, at some point, uh, close to the end of the book, uh, Forward uh, tries to embark in some wild speculations 
on how these things can happen. And he's talking yeah. of both uh, paranormal phenomena and survival after death. And yeah. he imagined some kind of uh, imprint of uh, the human mind into uh, the gravitational field. And um, I suppose that you'd be talking a lot uh, if you were alive now, you'd be saying things like imprint of the human mind onto quantum fields and uh, strings, uh, all these things that physicists believe may constitute the fundamental bedrock of reality. Yeah. But it's not a supernatural thing, it's a physical thing. Somehow what you are, what you have been, what you have been thinking managed to imprint itself onto the very fabric of physical reality. And uh, that imprint is something that has its own uh, kind of consciousness. And yeah. after physical death, it kind of detaches itself from the physical body and mm. moves on, on this thing that you call uh, the journey. Okay. Uh, this uh, comes uh, very close uh, to what I think. And uh, is that also your case? Yes, yes, it is definitely, yeah. Um, I think that the way sometimes I put my ideas across is more, um, you could say religious, in, in a sense, more akin to um, a, a religion, because obviously that's, I'm promoting astronism as that. Um, but yeah, certainly, I, 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 I agree with that. And I think that we all have this capacity to, yeah, imprint, but also, um, I don't know, reach maybe the highest point of our, our, our um, ourselves. I mean, you're not the same person as you were when you were a small child. And sometimes I think about that in, in the sense of where is that where is all that gone? Do you know what I mean? Where is that um, that information uh, gone? And is that still is the, is that imprinted in the universe somewhere in the cosmos somewhere? And does uh, uh, and it, does uh, it come down to information? Does is that what it comes down to? Just just information? And is that the same as consciousness though? Can that can you still? Um, my belief is that after you die, you can still, um, in a way, you can still manipulate. Uh, I don't want to say think because we don't have a brain, but I want to say something like not only brains can manipulate think. reality, manipulate reality. Um, I, I still think that we have the capacity to do that when we've died, in my opinion. Yeah, that's. Uh also what I think. Now, uh, when you make the example of uh, the very young child that you used to be, yes. now, uh, all that information, mm -hmm. well, uh, it uh, does have a physical location in space-time at this mm -hmm. moment. And yeah. that location is your own uh, uh, brain because you know, your own brain is still working. Yeah. And here the idea is that even when that is not the case anymore, uh, this organized information is still 
able to act upon yeah. reality. And yes, that uh, again is uh, very much uh, what I think. Okay. Great. So I think we are in complete uh, agreement <laughs> so far. Yes. Of, uh, uh, you know, fundamental metaphysical position. Now, before moving uh, to the end of, of uh, the journey, mm -hmm. um, well, uh, I, I, I don't think we can say much about the last parts of the journey, but maybe we can say something. But staying close to Earth from timing, uh, so there are all these uh, individual souls. But uh, by the way, do you use the word soul in this context, or you prefer to call it something else? Sometimes I use the word essence, essence, essence or Spirit. anima. The the philosophers used yeah. to use anima, so you yeah. know maybe use that. I think soul. I think I think the idea of the soul is more moralistic, isn't it? It's it's got that moral uh, stain of sin kind of idea from Christianity and others. Um, for me, that's how I interpret soul as different from spirit. Um, I, I interpret the soul as as something that is morally orientated, which is generally not how a transhumanist or an astronaut would would see that. Is is that how you would see soul or it uh, doesn't have these connotations to me right okay. to me, soul is a perfectly acceptable term to call right. this uh, anima spirit information right. pattern essence so you know since uh, i consider all these things as synonymous i uh, do use the word soul because you know a four yeah. letter word is simpler than five letter words <laughs> and uh, yeah. soul is kind of understood by everyone even if as you very rightly say perhaps it's not understood exactly in the same way however you have all these souls who uh, live on the earth for a little while yes then move on and so they are individual Souls. I'm assuming that at least in the first part of the journey, each soul somehow retains its own individuality. Yeah. Uh, lots of things can happen after that. But let's you know do the, this uh, uh, perturbation analysis like the physicists do. At the beginning, something don't change. You know, we are many tiny souls journeying all the way up to yeah. wherever it is that uh, we are going. Now, do all these souls uh, retain some ability to communicate with each other? Yes, and also an ability to communicate with us, uh, I believe, through the manipulation of reality. Um, and yes, they are retaining their individuality as well. Um, this is essential, particularly in astronism, because we have this idea of cosmosis, which is the, um, uh, I've mentioned it earlier, maybe, or, or maybe you've seen this before, the union with the cosmos idea. Um, I think that you, as an individual, and, and by that I mean your body and your soul, 
you through your life have to approximate yourself to the astronomical world you have to immerse yourself into that in order to eventually become one with it now as we we've only got so much time to do that while we're here on the earth and um most of us probably won't even achieve that um i don't know if i will achieve that during my lifetime um but i believe that after we've passed away after after our essence has been released that there is still an opportunity uh to do that to unite with the astronomical world um and we and and we do that through we call it the manipulation of scope which is the uh, scope yeah, we, I call it scope, uh, which is basically just opportunity or, um, uh, yeah, just, just opportunity. And that's the only other, uh, other word I use for it, uh, which is opportunity for transcension, opportunity to get to our ultimate condition, basically. Um, I, I think that the soul or the essence maintains the work that we've done here on Earth. It maintains that. It takes with it that uh, on this journey and it, um, it continues to work towards that ultimate condition. Um, just as I hope humanity will do that back here in the physical, uh, I think that the souls of humanity are doing that or, or going up towards that ultimate condition um, in the metaphysical. So, yes, um, we retain our individuality. We continue to do the work to, to get us to the ultimate condition. Um, and we continue, uh, and, and hopefully, uh, number three is, is um, we, we communicate. We, 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 um, we, our souls communicate with one another and, uh, and manipulate the reality here. Um, now, I don't want to, maybe we could get into this a bit later, but then there's the whole theological element. We've not spoken about that yet. That That is, that kind of changes the whole narrative, you could say. Uh, if there's an overarching God, um, is God, uh, has God predestined? Right. That the condition uh, you mind, That's another if we can, uh, area. To these uh, ultimate things later. I'm yeah. uh, trying to go step <laughs> by step. And yeah. uh, don't worry, we will get there. Yeah. Now, um, we are still not very far from the Earth in our cosmic yeah. journey. Yeah. Uh, which is only a verbal cosmic journey so far. No? But uh, so, uh, since we are still very close to the Earth, no? what do you make of this uh, concept found in most Eastern religions of souls, let's call them like that, uh, coming back to the earth for different uh, mm. uh, lives now and then. Yeah. Uh, Eastern used to think that you know, in reincarnation, you don't retain memories of uh, past lives. Mm. of other lives, but uh, 
sometimes they say that some people do. Yes. So that, uh, you know, does that concept have uh, any place in your metaphysics? It exists in astronism. Um, I personally don't believe that, but astronism is huge. It is it it, it it wants to include all different types of ideas. So when I say that I'm speaking about astronism, I'm speaking about my kind of take on astronism. So yes, there are reincarnation ideas uh, in astronism, definitely. Um, and this is one of the main issues that maybe we can have, uh, which is, well, if astronism's everything, then what is it, you know? Um, but we, you could say that that is heterodox, maybe, that it's kind of on the periphery uh, of astronism. Right. Uh, but yeah, it definitely exists. I would never, it's not part of my, it's not part of my approach to discount um, to discount an idea. I love ideas. I would never do that. I wouldn't want to say, get rid of that because it doesn't fit in with right. my approach. So yes, it does. And we call it recosmism. We call it the idea of having another uh, cosmism. Because some I use sometimes use the word cosmism to refer to um our lifetime. So, so sometimes I use that in my writing where I say our cosmism, our, our cosmic um, life, our limited existence. So re-cosmism is coming back right. to another Okay. okay? <laughs> Great. Um, now let's come to this, uh, the technological version of the concept of reincarnation. That's something that uh, I have written very much about, which is the idea that, you know, well, there is uh, this soul, this spirit that is still somehow physically present in physical reality. Yeah. Now, suppose some kind of uh, future, extremely advanced technology is able to find this soul and the same technology is also able to bring the soul back to the earth uh, in a new body that could be a biological body, virtual, robotic, uh, ball of uh, hot plasma, whatever, some kind of physical incarnation. The idea is to find the soul and bring it back. This is uh, uh, very central to my own uh, metaphysics, at least in terms of possibility. Now, how open are you to that? I'm open to anything that um, progresses what I see as the most important uh, action, which is transcension, which is um getting humanity to ultimate conditions so if you can technologically do something that that will progress that then i'm open to anything in terms of that yeah but it has to progress that it can't be regressive it can't kind of um like war to me is regressive 
uh, in many ways. It, it destroys it. Um, it, it it's, uh, it's, it's mentally narrow. It, it's only seeing the here and now. It doesn't look at the future and, and things like that. So I see things like war and conflict as things that regress transcension. Um, anything that doesn't progress us, really, you could include as as something that's positive, you know, something that, I mean, especially regarding space exploration, uh, especially regarding um, reaching the edge of the cosmos and hopefully getting across the other side. So yeah, definitely, I, I, any way that you can can do that using technology is is acceptable. Yeah. Right. You know, I don't. Uh really uh, think that is another side but I do think that this side right. is much much richer and much much infinitely more complex than we can understand so that uh, you know I think uh, the other side uh, is actually here is uh, just uh, difficult to reach. And uh, maybe it's just a difference in terminology, but uh, I don't call it the other side. I call it, uh, you know, some hard to reach location on this side, the ultimate location. In fact, if you uh, take ideas like, uh, for example, the simulation hypothesis, which yeah. is uh, a theory of the other side, which is exactly identical to traditional religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I think the simulation hypothesis can be a good metaphor, but I don't uh, take it literally in the sense that, you know, I think that, well, uh, everything happens in one single physical universe, but this single physical universe is so complicated that you can have different layers of reality. You can have... Uh, Uh, different words, for example, in the average science and so on. So that, um, you know, I never uh, talk of uh, the other side. Yes. Um, I stay on this side, but I do have equivalent concepts. I think there's a difference. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Carry on. I was uh, just saying that now it seems the right moment to start uh, talking of what happens oh, near the end of the journey. No, let's uh, move to the middle of the journey first. Okay. So we say what happens after we leave Earth. This, you know, somehow the soul imprinting itself onto the fabric of reality, a possibility to communicate of communication between different souls and the possibility of communication between souls yeah. and human beings on Earth, possibility of some kind of reincarnation. Now, uh, I'm assuming that, that, uh, you know, this doesn't happen only to us, in your view, but it does happen to uh, uh, billions and billions of other civilizations in the universe, some of which will be incredibly more advanced than us. Uh, Well, um, I do hope there will be some sort of contact before yeah. we all reach the ultimate stage. Yes, I, I do as well. And um, I believe 
I believe there will be, because I believe that there is an abundance of life in the cosmos. Um, so, yes, I do think I do think that there will be. I, I'm, I'm more optimistic than perhaps other people would be about contacting um, uh, other sapient beings. And that is also included as part of, of uh, the astronist eschatology is is um, sharing our information with with other sapient beings if they are willing to um, and also benefiting maybe combining our campaigns together to get to the ultimate right, right. um great yeah, just just that okay. point though about the cosmology i think that there was just a difference in cosmology uh, i kind of my the astronaut cosmology kind of follows uh the um it's it, is it called the bubble? It's like the bubble um, in scientific uh, theory. Is it? Is it the bubble? Theory? Bubble universe, like in inflationary multiverse. Uh, yes, yes, some something along those lines where there's different. Yeah. I believe it that there are an infinite amount of limited cosmoses, basically yeah. within yeah. within an infinite universe. Yes. That's essential, and that they're all expanding, and that we're just in one of those, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's a concept found in this uh, scientific theory called inflationary cosmology. Yeah. Which uh, it does make a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, to me, at least. But here again, it's a uh, uh, part of what I meant by a concept of one extremely big, rich, and complex reality within which you can wow. have. Uh, different uh, separate world-like uh, realities so yeah. this concept includes uh, both uh, uh, includes uh, simulation hypothesis includes uh, inflationary cosmology also includes string theory these uh, uh, multiple parallel uh, uh, brain worlds and also includes the many worlds of quantum physics by the way there is a uh, a great book by Brian Green, where he summarizes all the concepts that of multiple words that have been uh, proposed uh, so far. I think it's called the Hidden Universe or something like that. Right. Mm, it's good. And I think we live in one reality within which there can be all these things. Um. Yes, but I don't believe that we can contact or engage with any other cosmos um, until we've gone through this change of our nature. I think in order to get into... So I, I make a distinction between the cosmos and the universe. I see the cosmos is limited, which is what we are imposed, what is imposed upon us, mm -hmm. this and then the universe I see as something that is infinite. So in order for something to exist in the universe, it must share that infinite nature, that limitless nature. That is a nature that we don't have. And so therefore, in order to get from one cosmos to another cosmos, you must go through the bigger. Yeah. You, you must go through okay. the universe. And so yeah. therefore you must you must be infinite if you've you can you imagine us? And this is what I this is what I came to. We couldn't exist in a in an infinite realm. Just me and you, could we? You know, what I mean? it, mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't seem possible to me that we could exist in an infinite realm. 
is that have you thought about that <laughs> before? Mm, it, yeah, yes, it depends on who is we. Uh, I mean, we, just between you now, sales, you, now. you and me right now, I think no, but no. uh, I hope uh, uh, we will become something which is able to, and yes. uh, I think you don't disagree on that. No, yeah, and and that's what the goal of astronism is, and and maybe right. movements as well. It's it's trying to get to basically altering humanity's nature, really altering, transforming our nature, um, and the ways we do that. We might differ, but we all have that goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. Uh, now we are very close to the end of the hour. Let's move yeah. to. You know, the end of the journey, transcendence, uh, ultimate reality. What is that? Ah, uh, by the way, I wanted to make a point. When you make, uh, when you made the difference between how you use the word cosmos and how you use the word universe, the fun thing is that uh, I tend to do the other way around. All right. That I tend to use a, a universe for something smaller and uh, cosmos right. is something bigger which uh, includes all universes that perhaps the professional deformation of a physicist who has had uh, uh, lots of theories about multiple universes okay. uh, so since uh, cosmos is not very much uh, used in uh, physicist dragon, then I reserve uh, cosmos to think of something bigger than any single universe. Uh, However, let's uh, talk of this big thing. Yes. The ultimate condition. Mm -hmm. um, well, well, I, I call it ultimation or uh, there's lots of different terms that I apply to this to try to understand it. I think that ultimately at this stage, um, not much can be said about what it's uh, about, what this is, about what our ultimate condition could be. Um, number one, we've got to do so much um, in order to get to this. That whether it will ever whether it will happen at all is again the the odds are against us really. I mean we have limited time, we have limited resources, we have limited ability, <laughs> we have limited everything to try and get to a condition that is unlimited, that is ultimate, that is mm -hmm. beyond us in every way. Um, and again, maybe that's where the idea of astronism as a religion has to come in because it has to be built on faith, faith that we will get there, belief that we will do this. Also, I think that the idea of transcension, uh, which is the journey that we are on from now until we get to this ultimate condition, I think that interpreting transcension as a form of salvation is important because humans like a reward. Humans, humans do a lot of things to think about things as a reward. Do you know what I mean? That we, we, if we know that we're gonna get something at the end of it, then, then we, will, we will fight and we will do it and we will try our best. 
And so that's why I've brought in this idea of salvation uh, into the mix, which is obviously more of a, a religious idea, really being saved, being redeemed um, from, you know, our, our little selves here, our, our limited existence. But this ultimate condition, really, you could say there's two interpretations. There's, there's the ultimate condition that we can reach, that we will reach, and then there's the ultimate condition that is that is possible for other other um, species, uh, which may get further along this process than what we do. Um, then maybe this ultimate condition is is God, um, is 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 what we should be calling God. Um, now I don't believe in a anthropomorphize God. So I don't believe that God judges. I don't believe that God, um, you know, that God has a face or anything like that. Um, but I do believe God could be uh, a, a status, a condition, maybe a, a plane maybe of existence. Um, and that's what I think this transcension is, is trying to get up to. Um, but this is at the furthest reaches of astronism at okay. this stage. It's the furthest point. And it's, it's not something, I mean, I do mention it, but I don't talk about it a lot because um, not to everyday people, because just to get the idea into the head that it's the astronomical world that we need to be going up to. And that's what we need to be focusing on. That's enough at this stage for the majority of people to try to to uh, to accept. Um, mm, well, um, let me say that um, I very much disagree. Okay. And just uh, take this as just uh, you know the advice of uh, someone who unfortunately happens to be older than you. You know, in this. Yes, in some sense, uh, you know, uh, a more approximate objective, like, you know, mm. achieving some kind of unity with the cosmos should be more appealing. Yes. That uh, a more uh, complex objective, mm. like, you know, all these things that we're saying about God, but uh, people also value familiarity. Now, it so happens, uh, maybe it's a historical accident, but it so happens that many uh, people, as a matter of fact, most people are already thinking of the concept of ultimate uh, uh, God, because you know they heard it from their religion, whatever that happens to be, Christianity or Islam or Hinduism, you know, yes. they are quite likely to have heard that already. And yeah. so it becomes not less, but more simple for people to relate to the end of the journey rather than to the beginning. You know, yeah. uh, knowing how difficult it is to persuade the people of something, uh, you know, in terms of this just uh, marketing strategy. Yes. My advice to you would be to insist uh, also 
on these things because this is some a language that most people are already familiar with right. yeah. and saying these things you would be saying something that most people want to hear yes you see yeah. now i say that let's come back to what you say that god is not a human being i completely agree Mm -hmm. It's not an anthropomorphic God that doesn't have a face. And no. also here, I completely, of course, God doesn't have a face. But since God is much, whatever God is, is uh, much more than us. Mm -hmm. So that I think that even though God doesn't have a face, God can choose to show us a face if God wants to. Okay. Yes. And you know, this uh, to me is a, a bridge to the idea of uh, a personal God that uh, many people want to have. I believe it was uh, C.S. Lewis who said first uh, that you know, uh, God is not uh, a personal God, but not in the sense that God is something less than personal. On the contrary, in the sense that God something much more infinitely more than personal and it's so much more than us that you know can uh, choose to yeah. i mean he could uh, choose to talk to you using my face and my voice yeah. he could choose he could choose to talk to me using your face and your voice maybe that's exactly what god is doing now yeah and uh, that would be a way to uh, bring our uh, ideas, which uh, you know are not very much uh, germane to traditional religion, mm. but is one of the ways in which we can uh, formulate our ideas wow. in a way that is appealing to traditional believers. And that is something very important for me. Yeah, it is. And I think that um, as time goes on, hopefully I'll be able to present astronism in a way that maybe is more relatable uh, for people, because the endeavour of transcension that I focus on isn't, um, isn't necessarily an easy one. It's probably the hardest thing that humanity will ever have to do. People will die um people will uh suffer still on this journey um there will be countless deaths and i've always i've always said i've never made this into a utopian journey into the into outer space uh we know that that there will be deaths and and suffering and evil still because that is part of human nature but the whole point of the process is to try to reach a condition where uh, that won't happen anymore, where we are out of limitation and therefore we can alleviate, eliminate suffering and evil, uh, which is again another uh, purpose of transcension, uh, which um, I try to put across as, as well. Um, but yeah, I had this idea of different faces um, just a couple of weeks ago because I was I was th someone said to me, well, astronism has some unique ideas, 
but it's but some of its fundamental ideas people have had before you've just put new terms to it mm-hmm. and then i thought to myself well i didn't there's i don't know all the different authors i grew up very sheltered i wasn't able to read very broadly about philosophy and religion really um because of my background um it was only by by the end of me writing my first book that I began to really explore, um, you know, in, in, in terms of transhumanism and things, I'd just never come across it. So the, even the, even the word transcension, someone else has used previously, uh, but to me, uh, but when yes, I, it has. Uh, John Smart, for example. But when I first thought of that, when I first, when it first came across my mind, this idea of transcension, I promise I did not know that someone else had had that. But you know, your, now, uh, your uh, concept is more general. Yes. Uh, transcension was used, for example, by John Smart in a scenario where, uh, you know, advanced civilization at some point, they became able to migrate into black holes and stay there. Yes. But, uh, you know, your concept is much more general and includes this one as a special case. And many other concepts of transcendence that I can think of. Also the in the science fiction novels of uh, Ian Banks, mm. the Scottish science yeah. fiction writers, you have exactly the same concept. They say that uh, he calls it sublimation. Right. And okay. uh, it means uh, going and live into an uh, 11 dimensional space time uh, outside our universe. Yeah, uh, which in some sense uh, looks like the space time of string theory, but it doesn't say much. Huh? Yeah, because that sublimation, so uh, you know, there have been a lot of the a lot of time these uh concepts have been voiced. As a matter of fact, I don't think we are saying anything now at all. Mm-hmm. There have been a lot of smart people in history since thousands of years, and you know, uh, if you go and look, everything that we are saying has been said already. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be saying now, because if we do, then we say it with uh, words and in a way that our yeah. contemporaries can understand perhaps better. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's also important to repackage things to. Yeah remarket things um you know and re-emerge ideas add exactly. to them, add to them uh, in whatever way you can uh, of course i've i've approached transcension from my perspective my background what i've seen of the world um you know my experiences so far my mind my mind um so there is to me and this kind of makes me believe in god in a way um or some kind of fate or some kind of push i call it scope i call it this opportunities i call it i call it this kind of pushing us forward pushing us upward hopefully 
um, that something is reintroducing these ideas, I, I see, over years, over dif di different generations, people come out with these similar ideas, mm -hmm. and they're all kind of a bit different. They're not exactly ever the same, and they're all kind of described slightly differently. There might be different focuses, but, but there seems to be this push from something Mm -hmm. um especially from someone like myself who hadn't i didn't know any of these other people i didn't know i'd never read anything about this um i shouldn't even be sat here <laughs> sometimes i think like that honestly i think i shouldn't even be doing this um i should just be a catholic lad who is from England and I shouldn't, I just, you know, I've been, I've not been brought up for this. Do you know what I mean? My brain shouldn't be uh, thinking about these nobody, ideas, yeah. you know? Really nobody has, nobody has been brought up for this. No. You know, it's a uh, reality, it's a, a thicker than words. It's mm. much more than words. So mm. words cannot uh, exhaust reality. And that's why more and more words is good because you know even if uh, someone has said similar things you can say things in a way that eliminate one more very little yes. tiny speck yes. of reality yes and again i think also telling the story it, it's the same story but just told in a different way isn't it essentially it's the story of us going up to the stars essentially and what might happen when we get there and what the possibilities uh could be and that to uh, me by the way let me ask uh, one more hard question yes uh to the stars to the cosmos dude we have been only discussing metaphysics now what does uh, real physical space flight have to do with any of that it is for me it is absolutely essential um i see that this is where my concept of maybe transcension differs from other concepts because i see i see that our physical transcension as influencing what's taking place in the metaphysical and vice versa i see those things connected still so if we don't achieve transcension in the physical here I don't think that the metaphysical essences that we were speaking about earlier, I don't mm -hmm. think they can either. I think it's interconnected. Um, I don't think that they just kind of go on and maybe could achieve it on their own. I think they're still connected to um, us as a, as, a, as a species, maybe. You could, you could broaden it out to that as a, to a, as, as a species, uh, that we have this um, opportunity um to transcend um but at the same time then i also think well we could go extinct tomorrow so then i think mm -hmm. maybe the metaphysical element isn't connected um but then i always come back around to this idea that it is no i do i always come back around to that idea um i i think if we don't achieve transcension as a physical journey i think it's kind of tough look really <laughs> i think it's kind of tough look i think then the the metaphysical also won't achieve that and 
then it'll just be the end of the, and then the cosmos will go on. Other, other, yeah. species, other species might get there. They may get to it, uh, but, but humanity didn't. Humanity didn't get there, possibly. Right. Um, now, this physical journey is, of course, um, what I see as... Now, some people have said to me, well, we're already doing space exploration. We're already doing space expansion. Maybe not as quick as what we should be, but we are already doing it. So what's your problem? You know, why are you so... <laughs> going on about this when it is happening well it is happening but is it happening for the right reasons are are elon musk and jeff bezos and other people nasa are they going up to the stars for the same reason that an astronaut like myself would 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 be going up to the stars and maybe that's a question that they need to answer um, I think just the physical going into space is not is not transcension. That is not transcension. The transcension also has to be. It is physical, but it also is intellectual, and also as we've spoken about, it is metaphysical as well. But the key one there is intellectual, mental, changing our mindset. Um, if we go to outer space, if we go to the next solar system and take our same mindset of uh, sectarianism, of um, hating each other, racism and all these horrible things, um, we're just going to take our problems there. We're just going to take the same limited um, existence to another limited existence so i think transcension isn't just space exploration it is doing space exploration for the things that we've been speaking about for getting us to the ultimate uh ultimate condition yeah. so that's that's I, I do you agree in that sense that just space second you could call it secular mm, you can call it know, yes uh, yes and no you could call it secular space exploration, yeah. couldn't you? It's it's space exploration for economic benefit, maybe. Or uh, yes and no. I agree with you that you know the real reason to go to space is not economic, is not for energy, it's not for military application. It is because we have to move out there, and you know we discussed last time. Yes. We discussed this uh, concept, which is very important to me, which is that, you know, we will go to the planet, we will go to the stars, then, you know, we will uh, learn more and more and more. At the end of uh, the universe, we yeah. will become God. Yeah. And we will become a God which is able to reach back in time and uh, act upon uh, the totality of space and time including here and now. So in some sense, there is God, uh, a God which exists right now because we will become a God in the far future of the universe. We, together with uh, you know, uh, many other civilizations, but only if uh, we make that far, if we become extinct, then the process will go ahead without us. Yes. And we will not be contributing 
to the final emergence of God. And this uh, means that the God that exists here and now does not have human aspects because we will not be there anymore to contribute those aspects. That's why, you know, space exploration for me is a very intensely spiritual endeavor. And that's why I am uh, so very passionate about space exploration. But you know, the thing is, uh, mm, you cannot ask uh, all other people to share your, your philosophical view. So that, you know, yes, uh, yeah. Elon Musk probably does not think very much about these things. Or maybe he does, but uh, he doesn't say so. Mm. Jeff Bezos doesn't. The NASA people don't. Chinese don't. No. But, uh, you know, uh, they are doing things to get humanity established somehow as a multiplanetary species. And, and that, I think, is uh, valuable in itself. Uh, you know, if we become extinct next year, you know, imagine that the next war, because there will be a next war, is much worse than what's happening right now in Ukraine. Mm. Uh, could be a nuclear war, could be a biological war. It could wipe humanity out before that happens, or before uh, an asteroid strike, or before a much worse next pandemic, we need to put our eggs in different baskets, and we need to start becoming a multiplanetary species. That's an extremely important thing, because it's a prerequisite for all things that we have been saying. Yes. So, I mean, welcome Elon Musk, welcome Jeff Bezos, oh. welcome... Uh, Chinese, uh, let me say a heresy now, welcome Vladimir Putin himself. Uh, well, uh, viewers, please forget that I just said that. Welcome the devil himself, if he is instrumental to get us to space, because getting out in space is what yes. we need. Uh, so uh, the reasons of these people are not my reasons, but they are valid reasons anyway. However, uh, look, I will have to go in a while, but uh, it was good to find out that uh, you know, your ideas are uh, closer to mine than I thought. Okay. Uh, because you, you don't uh, usually say these things. I've been reading some of your uh, writings and you don't really insist on these things very much. No. I think it would be good uh, of you to write something to summarize uh, your uh, metaphysical ideas, because I yeah. think that could, uh, you know, be a way to reach uh, people that perhaps you are not reaching at this very moment. Yes, yes, I, th I agree. I think I, I originally focused on the physical and then the naturalistic view. And then, um, and then I've moved again. I seem to move around a lot <laughs> in my thoughts, uh, which is natural anyway. Um, but then ultimately, I think one of the last things I wanted to speak to you about was just this idea of the escape paradox, which is the idea that I think we actually might have spoke about this before, so maybe not. Maybe we won't talk about that. From one I, box into another and then... Yeah. Another. Oh, yeah, 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 I didn't. 
I remember talking about that in uh, yeah, we spoke about that. Yeah, that's yeah. still something that's on my mind. <laughs> that's why I brought it up because it's still something I I get asked about quite a lot, and it's something that um, I can't seem to answer that because. I suppose it's people People ask that because they maybe don't see the point if all we're doing is trying to just keep escaping one reality from the next. It's kind of like running away from our problems. I don't know. <laughs> Are we running away? Maybe. I don't know. Are we escaping? No, you know, the thing is that I have two different uh, answers to that. First, uh, you know, a metaphysical one is that is one box. I mean, we divide one box into yeah. many boxes, one inside the other, but it's really one box. And we are just exploring this box. We are not escaping. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you think, you know, uh, yes, there are so many other concerns. Yes. Of yeah. And, uh, but, you know, um, there are a lot of good things that uh, you can do in the world but uh, you must want to do something you must want uh, you need a reason to get out of bed in the morning yes and uh, you know once you get out of bed then you know you do all you have to do but uh, <laughs> you know uh, you need to be happy because yeah. only happy people can do something to make other people happy yeah and you know for uh, many people like us you know we we cannot be happy without at least searching for answers to yes. these kind of questions and uh, that's uh, what we do we do that for our happiness i do all these things for my own happiness and for having a reason to get out of bed in the morning now uh, once i do that yeah of course uh, Mm, you know, thinking is not enough. You have to do something. And, uh, you know, humanity has to continue yes. on its journey to the stars. I like to think in terms of space spaceshipers. We are all crew members of spaceshipers. It's going to wonderful uh, places but it will yeah. not reach these uh, places if you know the engine uh, don't work but not only that also if uh, you know life support system is not uh, working well uh, the crew is unhappy there is too much tension there is not enough entertainment all that we can do to make everyone else on a spaceship earth happy is something that we are doing to reach uh, these ultimate things that we are talking of which means uh, you know i think that's uh, a good conclusion because it means that we have to be good people and to help others as much as we can you see that yeah and i i love that it's a great conclusion but then i'm just going to add on something on the end maybe for the next one next conversation is uh identification how how we identify because this is something that i think continues to be a problem where you, you're a cosmist i think maybe and then i'm an astronist and then 
<laughs> maybe you're more astronist than maybe what you thought, and maybe I'm more cosmist than no, maybe I don't you don't know. <laughs> You know, I don't uh, really uh, <laughs> not very much after ladies. You know, to me, you're, uh, what you have said tonight is very much a cosmic position. Okay, so what I say is an astronaut position. You know, uh, I don't <laughs> have to call myself one thing. I call myself ladies. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm also a dog lover because I love dogs very much. I am uh, a fan of some uh, football clubs, uh, you know. Yes, but I suppose ultimately the way that you identify in your philosophical religious affiliation is is maybe is maybe the most important uh, label. Uh, maybe the most. Yes, important. Uh, um, you know, it, it, it really. I've had the, answer, yeah. the answer that you give really depends on who you're talking to. Uh, yes. For example, if. Uh, I am talking to a Christian believer who has never heard of all these things that we are discussing, not because they are stupid, because they have uh, to do other things for a living, never had the chance to hear about these things. I would, uh, uh, you know, I would just say that I am a Christian, uh, perhaps uh, with some uh, unconventional opinion, but, you know, uh, all that would come second. I would say that I'm a Christian first. Mm. If I'm talking to a Muslim uh, in the same conditions, um, I could not say that I am a Muslim because mm. I don't know enough about Islam to call myself a Muslim, but I would say that I am a, a religious believer and a student yeah. of Islam. Yeah. When I talk to transhumanists, I like to call myself a cosmist to underline some differences in worldview that I believe are important. And you know, to other people, I, can, I could call myself something else. I suppose that's what I need to do in, in a sense, or maybe I don't need to do, I don't know. Maybe that's what I need to do is, is within that context of the trans, transhumanist, cosmist, what is the astronist then? What is the astronist? And maybe that's what I need to think about um, but you know, uh, to not me, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's just to make uh, good that uh, you invent new terminology, and it's good mm. that uh, you popularize new terminology. And, you know, it's uh, good that you think, yeah. But uh, you know, I don't see very many differences. No. between uh, your thinking and uh, cosmist thinking. Uh, Maybe it's just a, fact, a Especially after this conversation, I think that uh, if you want to call yourself a cosmist, that would be a good label. Yeah, but then I don't identify with that. <laughs> Right. <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't I, I i see that as a and then you're getting into history there but i see that yeah. as a predecessor to what i'm right. doing now yeah, yeah, right. I, mean? right. I, I i i love that i it's right. great so you should uh so but you I, should I, develop uh, the you. philosophy of astronism <laughs> yeah, that's what i came to that's the right but, uh, <laughs> you know what i would suggest is that you go layer by layer yeah, I mean, you have written a lot of uh, pages. Yes, 
a very big heap of pages, like, you know, uh, yeah. the Bible and the Quran and so Baghdad, Gita and so many other books together. But you don't have an executive summary of 10 or 20 pages. And right. um, I think you should have that. Yeah. I think you should give that to people first. I will. <laughs> it's not easy. It's no. not easy. You know, I'm uh, doing that myself. I'm uh, writing a third book in which uh, I want to say all that I said in my first book, which is big. I want to say it in a much shorter book, which is kind of an executive summary of the first one. So that, you know, when someone asks you, well, what do you think? You just give them the book and say, here you go now. If they want to hear more, it's good to have something more to say, something more sophisticated, more in-depth, more yeah. complex. But you know what I miss in astronism is an executive summary. Okay. Which yeah. also mentioned, which yeah. also mentions all the things that we discussed today. Okay. I will work on that and I will uh, That's great. I'll get that to you and and hopefully yeah, if, uh, as soon as you have a draft or uh, anything, I would be very happy to read that. Brilliant. That's great. Yeah, I will. I will. I'll send that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And uh, hopefully we'll have another conversation. Uh, hopefully soon. On a similar topic, probably. Uh, but uh, until then, um, I'll, I'll see you all later. Okay.